historian Henry Florshon. I'm the president and CEO of the Wichita Falls Chamber of Commerce. How long have you been uh, the president? I moved here for this job in October of 13. So going on seven years. Peace. Did you ever think you'd be in Wichita Falls, Texas? No, I didn't. I'm a Louisiana guy. I think you know that. And uh, I just kind of backed into doing economic development back in around 2000 and uh, was doing it there and really loved it. But I finally realized that if I was going to ever run a shop of my own, I was going to have to leave because the guy that was my mentor, my boss in Lafayette, he's still the boss there. So I still would have been under him. And uh, so I met a, I met a girl from, from Dallas who had moved to Lafayette. And a couple of years after that, we got married. And at some point, an opportunity opened up in Wichita Falls, you know, a couple hours from her hometown. And, uh, and we made the move. Jeez. So seven years, that's a long time. Are you, so um, you're obviously still a big fan of Louisiana sports. Yep. It's a good year for LSU. Go Tigers. Good year for them. Pretty good year for the Saints. They screwed up in the playoffs, but for, the, Which, for a little while there, it was looking like both of them would make the championship. What hurt worse, um, this year, Saints, or last year when they got completely taken advantage of in the playoffs? Uh, last year. Yeah. I will never get I will never get over that non-interference call against the Rams, especially seeing what the Rams did in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Oh. Me, me and thousands of my my compadres from Louisiana, we boycotted the Super Bowl that year, did not watch it. I was getting in bed that night, and I just flipped on my phone to look real quick. And when I saw the Rams had scored three points in the entire Super Bowl, I was like, you know what? Saints would have won that game. They would have won the game. Saints would have won that game. Yeah, that was brutal. Where do you think uh, your buddy Joe's going to go? I think Burrow will go to the the Bengals. You know, he grew up within a couple hours of Cincinnati. And, and, you know, when you're in that position, you just realize you're going to take a role at a lesser team unless you do something crazy like what uh, I think it was Peyton Manning. He told somebody, don't draft me because I'm not playing for you. I don't think Burrow Burrow would ever do that for his hometown boys. Yeah. And you saw his swagger this year as a college quarterback. He, he He may have a lot to learn. But I also think that he he feels like he's the guy to turn that program around, and you don't always see that in quarterbacks. No, I love I loved watching him all year, but the, seeing him in the locker room with that cigar at the end of the year, I know I was, I was sold. Just sitting there by himself, and you know, on the field uh, it, when he threw his last touchdown with 12 minutes left in the in the championship game, and he's walking off the sideline, and he's doing this, pointing to his ring finger to his coach. You know, that game was not over yet. Clemson no. was so explosive, but he but for all intents and purposes, it was over and he knew it. Yeah, he has he has a good it's a weird, humble swag. Yeah, it is. Cause you listen to him talk like his acceptance speech for the Heisman Trophy, not cocky at all, very calm, confident. And the words he had to say for Coach O and the rest of the system and the, the people at LSU were just amazing. And so you don't usually see a, pro, a a college athlete that can speak that well. It's not that he's polished, but he just sounds like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he, he knows, does. He understands the situation that he finds himself in, and and that's rare. The funny thing is, I was watching a, a podcast that, uh, or listening to a podcast that he did. I think it was the next day, and he showed up late and he was hungover, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I saw that. 
But can you imagine? I mean, those guys, they know that tens of millions of dollars is coming their way, and they just completed possibly the best football season any team has ever had at any level. Yep. And and they're he's a little bit older. Most of them are between 20 and 22 or 23, and they've got that thrust upon them. I just can't imagine. No, I'd be in trouble. I'd be yeah. in so much trouble. Oh, I remember when I was 20 or 22 or 23, I was an idiot. Yeah. I'm still an idiot. But then I was really an idiot. And and those guys handle it for the most part with, with grace. Yeah. I was an idiot without a lot of money and no fame. Yeah. So it was and a we, little easier for me. But, but we were still cocky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're kind of in a unique role right now being the president of the chamber and then us being in the season that we're in. Yeah. You know, with not only leading a team of – you know, your people, but also helping equip, take care of, encourage businesses. So how are you like in this season, how are you leading people like your people from home? It, it's, it's been interesting. And if you've traveled around and, and engaged with more than one chamber of commerce, you know that every chamber is different. If you've seen one chamber, you've seen one. And it all depends on what the needs of the community are. And then the leadership on the staff and on the board. Well, for us, you know, we've already got a leadership role to play in this community. We serve as the economic developers. We do a lot of advocacy work. We're not just networking events and, and Easter parades like a lot of chambers are. And so we knew that when this was going down and we were about to be stuck at home for a while, we said, OK, we our, our role may change here a little bit. We've got to focus much more on what's available to help businesses get through this. How do we make sure they got the most up to date information? and have a real sense of urgency in terms of the message that we're sharing and the assistance that we're providing. Good news is, so we got a staff of 10. The good news is we can still do most of what we have to do from home. We can't really have a lot of events like we normally do. We've got some virtual events that we've been doing, and then it's hard to have meetings in person with prospects, but our staff's been engaging with site consultants and prospects using Zoom, just like we do with local meetings now. And so we're continuing our business attraction efforts, and we've done a ton lately uh, in terms of advocacy. We've, I've received hundreds of messages from local business people about what they're doing to protect their customers and protect their employees. And we're providing that information to our mayor and city council and to the county government and, and to our, our, our state officials so they can make the best decisions on our behalf. And when it comes down to it, if you think about Who's that organization in this community that's that's whose job is to take care of the business community here? It's us. And so we just do that in a little different way now. And, and for me, it's it's intense because it's been 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week since we started this. But it, it's ramped up the importance of what we do. And so that part, I'm not going to say it makes it it doesn't make it fun, but yeah. you, you certainly feel the value when you've got a business person that's seriously struggling and you can help them access some grant dollars or find a program that's going to help them get through this, that's a big deal. Yeah. And so that that's encouraging. And there's a whole lot of that going on right now. Yeah. It seems like y'all have done a really good job pivoting into like, Hey, we already knew what the mission was. Now we just got to change. I know the videos you do every morning. Yeah. They're super beneficial just because, you know, being in business and having a thousand other things going on, I miss out on stuff that comes from Congress or local government. 
Right. And I think have an update from you with some humor with like, here's what's going on is a huge benefit, I think, for people. Yeah. And so those videos, I, I try not to be clinical. I always tell our staff, rule number one, don't be boring. Right. Because a lot of chambers are very clinical. And so my my Facebook presence was already a mix of interesting things going on in the community and stuff that can help business and then stupid personal observations or something I cooked or, you know, making fun of the Atlanta Falcons or whatever. Yeah. And, and so the videos are the same thing. They're the most up to date information about business relief. There are some shout outs to local companies for things, things that they're doing well or deals they're providing uh, some of our heroes these days. And then it's, it's, you know, what are we experiencing at home? What is the team going through? And what's my family going through? And you know this, if you can tell somebody a personal story, they'll feel much more connected to you. And I think that was the chamber's downfall in the past was there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. It it didn't, people didn't feel a personal connection to it. And now they do. And that's not just with me, but that's with my whole team. And so we've really encouraged that sort of storytelling on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or I don't have Instagram, but we've got an Instagram account and some of the staff members keep that one going as well. And so we try to reach people where they are in a way that they want to be connected with. And we found that it it, it works. You know, we, we launched this video series not knowing if it was going to be a daily thing or how long it would last. And the first couple of weeks, those videos were reaching 15,000 people a day. Yeah. You know, and, and it's still... Some days it'll still reach five, six, seven thousand people with with two or three thousand views, which is amazing to think about when all we're doing is communicating what's going on. Yep. And so for us, there's an opportunity long term after this. How do we keep that going? Right. Because we're developing an audience that we have not seen before and creating stronger bonds than we've ever had with a lot of people. And, and so we're not going to just discontinue that once this crisis is over. We've got an opportunity to build on that. And we will. I think that's what a lot of people have noticed is there, there, this has been a hard season for a lot of people, but there's been a lot of opportunity in here too, to learn something new, to yeah. figure out a new way to storytell. Um, like what are some of the ways like um, even internally or externally, you mentioned like, Hey, we're just changing up how we're doing things. Right. A business owner who doesn't really know like how to keep their team in line or how to communicate a message. What are some of the things y'all have done differently in this season? Well, for starters, let me say that this, this sort of situation is why it's so important to have a good social media presence at all times, yeah. because I guarantee you take restaurants, for example, a restaurant that's got a great social media presence. If they're forced to go to delivery and curbside service only, they've already got an audience and they're, they're able to tell their, their customers, their fan base, what the changes are. And I'll just use gypsy kits. A great example. They've got such a fanatical following. And so now you, you watch every day to see what, what Tegan's doing with her casseroles and her to-go margaritas. But if you're, if, if there's a restaurant that did not have a good social media presence up front, they didn't have that audience that was already listening to them. They're not going to be able to pivot immediately and make that change. And those are the businesses that are going to die. And so what we've seen a lot of now is people doing what we're doing, telling more personal stories and uh, a lot more engagement with their customers, asking what people want. And it's been pretty awesome to see. And so we're trying to highlight as much of that as we can. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen down the road is we're going to have a whole lot more conversations like this with our partners. And we're going to have a whole lot more virtual board meetings and other types of meetings because people are realizing 
if you can get just as strong engagement in a meeting by by doing it on video and you don't have to drive and deal with traffic and pay for gas and all that hassle and save the time, people are going to do that. We've had some uh, leadership meetings with the chamber. We do, we're doing staff meetings every morning for 15 to 30 minutes, just catching each other up on what happened the day before and what we're working on now. And it's great. Yep. We don't have to the, and we don't have to be in the same room to do it. And so even if somebody's traveling or somebody's, you know, taking the day off, it's going to be easier for us to let people work from home. And so to me, that's the biggest thing. Certainly there's a marketing aspect of how do you talk to your customers? But for me, it's about how do we keep the mission going? Yep. Whether that's staff or volunteers, we've had committee meetings using uh, the Google tools. We've done some virtual events using Zoom. I had an executive committee meeting last week using GoToMeeting. So we're testing out all these things and it's pretty awesome. I, I'm pumped to, to think about how do we use these tools once we're back in the office? Yeah, we've been playing uh, with some friends. We've been playing games uh, via like uh, Zoom and yeah. Hangout, like uh, Cards Against Humanity. There's like all these sites out there. And so it's kind of weird. Like it really is. And I think I've always been frustrated when people say Wichita Falls is five, six, seven years behind. Um, and I know and, and there are some ways that, you know, because of where we are, we don't have to operate the same way as a Dallas or New York. Sure. Uh, but the people here still have the same iPhones and Apple Watches. And so I really think that this season has launched us a lot of people forward in the digital space. Uh, I mean, I can't tell me how many people I've talked to this week that didn't know that Zoom existed before yeah. before last week. I know. Uh, but it's a great tool and it's a great opportunity, I think, for business owners um, to leverage it and to grow well, the team. Yeah, you're right. And, and what this has done is helped us all realize how easy these tools are to use. And that's the big thing. You've just got to pay a little bit of attention to what tools right for you and what are some best practices. And Zoom is a great example because Zoom, when you do it right, really works well. But if you don't do it right, I've, I've been reading horror stories about other chambers and other communities that would have like a city council meeting or a chamber board meeting or some big public meeting with hundreds of people watching. They didn't use the waiting room. They didn't use passwords. They posted the links publicly and somebody bombed their event and just completely tore it up. And so you can really hurt yourself if you don't do it right. But if you test these things out and you get the right advice, it makes you stronger. And yeah. for us, you know, we're about to start a series where I visit with community leaders uh, each week to, to get their take on what's going on. And so next week I'm meeting with Mayor Santiana and then we're going to visit with, you know, leadership from the county and the school board and the business community and all over and we're looking at different tools to do that. What's going to be easiest for our audience to to engage with us, right? To ask questions live and to be part of that conversation. And so you're right. There are so many opportunities now that we may not have looked at because we weren't forced to. Yep. And so the real, the real question is going to be who takes advantage of them when we're moving forward. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You said you said that every morning um, y'all get together and have a staff meeting. Yep. What, what are some ways like you know, as the leader of your organization, like how do you keep team morale up? Well, for one, we have daily staff meetings. And so everybody's at least able to see each other's face and make that yep. personal connection because it's hard for some of my team is it really, really thrives on personal contact. And so them being stuck at home and not able to go visit with people and have coffee and 
hug their friends and all that. It's hurting them. And so at least some face-to-face conversation uh, makes a big difference. And then allowing them all to be heard to just spending some time. Hey, what do you want to talk about? And let's, let's spend some time, even if it's just letting people vent, that's okay right now because people, you know, imagine you're single and you're stuck at home. If you have no kids, no spouse, and you're just, your only connection to people is either, you know, running out to the grocery store and half the people there in masks and don't want to talk to anybody or just what you get to do from your computer. That's got to be tough for people. Yep. And so for us, it's just allowing, whether it's our staff members or our, or our business community to continue to make some connections that I think that's the biggest thing right now. Yeah, that's a good point. I've heard a lot of people talk about that recently of like being okay with, it's like, it's okay to be frustrated, you know, you know, finding the good around us is good. Like finding gratitude, being grateful, but also it's okay. Like I miss hanging out with people, you know, I miss getting to go to a restaurant. I miss like interaction with friends and that's okay. And that's been a hard thing for us. We work in a very creative environment. And so we're used to brushing shoulders, joking, working through ideas. And now it's hard to sometimes get creative in a zoom call. Yeah. And it's a real risk for us. There's a lot of talk about what the mental health downfalls of all this are going to be. And I think there will be some serious consequences for people that don't handle it very well. And so hopefully this doesn't go on for another three months or, or more, and we can get back to some, some semblance of normal. But all all I can say is pay attention to your people and stay in touch with them, whether it's one-on-one or in those group discussions and give them a chance to say whatever it is that they feel they need to say. And and if you do that, hopefully you can mitigate any problems. Yeah. Only a couple more questions. We're almost done. Um, And they're kind of hard because you've already answered so much of this throughout this, but just generically to business owners, like what, like what piece of advice would you give a business owner in this season? Uh, very first one is don't be too proud. If you're having a problem or you don't know something that you really feel like you need to know, ask somebody, you know, that's one of the things, one of the reasons we're here. We don't judge. If you need help, we want to help. You need a connection. We want to find you a connection. If you don't understand the, the, the current rules in place from the city or county or state, we will get them for you (laughs) judgment free. Yeah. And so don't suffer and struggle on your own, even if you just need to vent. I can't tell you how many conversations I have every day right now with somebody that just wants to vent. And 15 minutes later, they're like, well, I hope that wasn't wasting your time, but I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's the number one thing. And that goes for my staff, too. It's just don't be too proud to ask for help, because this is something none of us have ever gone through. And so. In one way or another, everybody's experiencing the same exact thing right now. We just respond to it differently. Yeah. And so don't be too proud to ask for help. Yep. Okay. So on the flip side, we, we usually end this podcast with a word of wisdom and you've given a ton of it to business owners, but like you were an employee once, like you were, you were someone who showed up to work and worked for somebody. Right. What would be your, like your word of wisdom for that person who's just showing up every day that's grinding, that's just struggling right now? Cause it's like, normal's different. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they, their job is, they don't know if it's coming back. Like, yeah. What would you be your word of wisdom today? Well, it, it's that, you know, we can only control what we do. We can't control the world around us. And so for me, it always get. you know, I'm a social, I'm a, a, a pop culture guy. And I love going back to movies and stories for, for quotes. And to me, it goes back to, to dead poet society. Robin Williams played a, a uh, teacher 
at a boys school. I think it was back in the fifties. And he was teaching these kids that they were the masters of their own destiny, that they could create their own future. And so there's a great scene where he's got them in the hallway of the school and he's look, he's showing them class photographs of, of uh, years gone by of boys at that school that are no longer alive. And he's talking to them about what they were experiencing. And he says, carpe diem, seize the day, make your lives extraordinary. And so we know that if we've got something we can get better at, whether that's our jobs or a relationship or a job search or how we engage with our children or whatever, if we know that we got to get better at something, we've got a choice. And we can either be try to be this much better tomorrow or we can try to do something extraordinary. And every single one of us has a chance to do something extraordinary. And that is always my go-to piece of advice. That's good, man. Everybody has a chance to do something extraordinary. That's good. Man, I appreciate your time. I'm super grateful for you, your whole staff. Um, y'all have stepped up, I feel like, a whole different level and just investing in businesses. And y'all are a huge part of this community. So thanks for everything you do, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, have a good day. Get some rest. I've been scribbling words on a cocktail napkin, scratching a lucky strike ad madmen. My rapping is sorta old-fashioned, window shopping, hip-hopping mannequin. Roger to his Don Draper, we make songs, elevator music, rock to the PM Dawn, copping a new John, mocking your crew song, I'm dope in a pocket, plus hot with a suit on. We madmen.